You're listening to Neurodiversity at Work. Told me that when people rise up against you, what's the sign of your destiny real? Fake ones been hating, cause they know that one day you're making it. Jealousy's all they can feel. Plugging the fall, drifting my soul. Pain in the future when thinking alone. About when I'm grown, already blown. How'd I get blessed with this beautiful home? You were the sight, beautiful life. Beautiful sex, my husband and wife. Beautiful children, people who want to come kill me because I'm expressing my rights. Kill me because I'm expressing my rights. Kill me because I'm expressing my You're listening to Neurodiversity at Work and today I have Simon Clements from IBM on the show with me and I cannot explain to you how incredible this podcast is today. Simon shares with us his own story, his own journey, but actually the wonderful work they're doing at IBM and if you've ever had a chance to hear anybody from the talent acquisition team talk from IBM, you'll know that they have some fantastic insight and they're always willing to share it. So it was a real privilege to get Simon on the show today. You're gonna find this fascinating and there's some great takeaways. Simon, welcome to the podcast. So pleased to have you on, mate. Um, do you want to introduce yourself to people, let them know who you are, what you're about, where you're from? Yeah, I would love to. Cheers for having me on, Theo. Um, been looking forward to this, mate. So, um, as you know, uh, neurodiversity is subject close to my heart. Yeah, so I'm, hi everyone, I'm Simon Clements. Uh, in, in my day job, I work at IBM uh, in our talent and transformation practice. So that's working with all of our customers on everything to do with HR, talent acquisition, talent development. A skills agenda basically and uh, when I'm not doing that uh, I've got lots of hobbies love I love sort of I'm big into my music bit of a foodie I love sports arts and culture so lots of interest to keep me busy um, and I guess the thing that uh, links my interest outside of work inside and inside of work is actually diversity and inclusion my love for that I've been doing a lot of work and research on that recently um, and in particular neurodiversity which is a subject close to my heart yeah so that's a little bit about me fantastic so there we go then you you've introed into that already for me which is great so neurodiversity mate what does it mean to you why is neurodiversity important to you um what does neurodiversity it means awesomeness i think does it not <laughs> yes um, yeah Hurrah! Hey, um well yeah as well as that i guess it's you know it's it's different thought patterns it's it's innovation it's integrity loads of like positive words which link to opportunity um and betterment in the workplace come to mind but then also i think it means to me an area that's only recently growing in publicity and awareness and understanding and one that we need to collectively get on everyone's radar and agenda more in the business world. So I can build on that, but in a nutshell, that's probably neurodiversity to me, yeah. And how does that translate within to your work environment? So what have you seen within your organisation? Um, and what have you seen through your life, I guess, um, working within recruitment, within talent acquisition? Uh, what have you observed uh, as, I guess, diversity of thought, neurodiversity within those working environments? 
Yeah, sure. Well, I, I guess maybe I can start a little bit with me and, and my experiences, uh, relatively limited, but some, and then I can kind of build into what I think that what I've seen in my, you know, my career in, as, you know, as a recruiter and in TA. And then we can talk a little bit around what IBM are doing, which is we built, we built something called the Ignite program, which is all about getting um, neurodiverse people into the workplace and also creating better, better working environments for people with diverse abilities. Yeah. Does that work? Should I? Does that work for you, Fiona? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm really interested by the programme that you're about to do. But please lead in. Yeah, tell us about your own experiences and, and lead us on. I'm fascinated. Yeah, sweet. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I think I, I'd like to think of myself as like having a bit of an acquired neurodiversity. I've always been interested in different people and different cultures and different places. So I, I've kind of invested in trying to be empathetic and being adaptable and those sorts of things. Um, when I was younger, I, I, my, my, my parents, my family thought I had ADHD. I went and had some tests and it turned out I didn't, but I think <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe my energy and passion was misconstrued. I'm not sure, but I kind of, there was definitely some elements of, um, of that in me as I, as I was growing up and probably still today. Uh, and then um, my brother's got Asperger's as well. So as well as, understanding how Aaron's life is in you know in a social environment I've also seen him go through some difficulties in attaining work and holding down work because of that so I guess from an early stage I've had some personal interests and experiences that piqued my interest and then uh, since being an IBMer where we've invested a, a lot more in this space I guess my, my knowledge and understanding has grown of that and through some of the research so, yeah, um, I think to kind of bridge in with a bit on talent acquisition and, and, and resourcing, I've, I mean, I, start, I, start, I started off in, in agency and I was doing recruitment there, different types of recruitment, and then working in sort of consulting and outsourcing and then latterly being with IBM. So I've, I've seen through different lenses and until, until recent years and until re really fairly recently, I've kind of seen recruitment as a bit of a one size fits all. Uh, we, I think as practitioners, we, we don't necessarily take into account people with different and diverse abilities. And certainly I've never heard. Absolutely. Of yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess if you start even at a broader lens of, you know, people with actual disabilities, you know, physical, I think have, you know, apart from a legislative perspective, legislative perspective we've never really focused on best practice around accommodations and adjustments and then really it's only been certainly in my experience over the last couple of years that we've looked at you know people with an autism spectrum condition whether we're looking then at you know dyspraxia dyslexia dyscalculia adhd tourette's whatever you know or even i guess bringing mental health into the um, picture over the last few years as well and how we could look yeah. at that i don't think recruiters recruitment teams businesses have approached making accommodations and changes to the ways that we source and attract screen select interview you know these you know these people with you know as i say with diverse abilities so it's not and then not just recruitment but then i guess where that pitches into onboarding and then retention and career development um, so I'm really excited about the opportunity to move away from one size fits all to educate organizations in you know what's the business case in bringing more diverse and neurodiverse people into the workplace and then actually making change, which is better for, you know, society and individuals as well as the business world.
You know what, that's, it's really interesting because you've mentioned about your brother there and about your personal interest and the, the going for a diagnosis. I think, I, you know, I don't know what happened with that diagnosis, um, but I think the reality, what we need to understand is that we are all complex, complex human beings, right? And we all think slightly differently. Um, but the reality is, in our current built environment, those who are uh, neurodiverse are struggling more to get into the workplace. And I think for all those reasons you've just described, it's absolutely right. And I think we as uh, recruiters, recruitment leaders, recruitment professionals, however you want to define it, have a, an amazing opportunity here to shift the dial because we kind of sit in this position whereby we've got access to lots of people within organizations, whether it's the hiring managers, whether it's you know, HR more generally, it's all these other um, elements of the process that people move through. So it's, I find it really exciting at the moment. And the other thing is people are going to power this. So, you know, you're enthusiastic about making a difference because of your life experiences. And I'm hearing a lot of that. People are starting to, be, are starting to stand up and be counted, not just for themselves, but for others. Yeah, here, here. I could, I couldn't agree with you more, mate. And and it feels like a really exciting time. There's more people being vocal about this. You can start to see, you know, the needle moving in the right direction. And there's still a load of work to do, but hopefully, I guess, really, why I wanted to join you today, I mean, is to is to share a story of what IBM have done because that's, you know, we we created a program to get more people specifically with an autism spectrum condition into the workplace in, in different markets and you know although it although it's it's, it's required work and sponsorship and effort and commitment and all of that good stuff to create it, it's not it's not been it's not been a huge project it can be start we've started small it can be quite agile and then you can iterate on it so hopefully through sharing that story we can inspire others and to your point recruitment leaders and people that own some accountability for hiring into their businesses we can get them doing similar programs um, and I've also started to work more closely with Ambitious About Autism awesome UK charity NGO which have an autism exchange program which is very similar to what we've been doing at IBM so I can share some insights into that and hopefully maybe get some sort of actionable items for any any of our listeners to to go away and start putting this into place in their workplace yes please that's <laughs> absolutely it i was i was really reassured the other day um when i had the pleasure of being able to to listen in and engage with uh i don't know 100 plus of, of the recruiters of the uh, specialists within the talent acquisition function at ibm and i think that is it's so refreshing to know that you're not just running a program but actually you're looking at uh, every part you're looking at trying to um, really shift the dial because a program in isolation is fine right but actually without the uh, recruiters involved without the hiring managers uh, being educated and being involved then you know it, unfortunately it is living in isolation and um, yeah please tell me more because I, I, I think the our audience will be really interested in, in what you're about to tell them yeah, cool, cool. Um, I will kind of rattle through in, in fairly granular detail what the program's all about. So hopefully, as I say, it's actionable for people as opposed to just the high level ideas. But um, just interrupt and ask questions as we go through. Yeah, if I get a bit carried away and start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess the first point to start with 
and, and this is quite critical because a lot of people do this from like an altruistic perspective or a feeling that it's the right thing to do. A lot of the people that are vocal around neurodiversity is because they have personal experience and they care about it. But let's let's put to one side at the moment the fact that in, in the UK, only 16 percent of people with an autism spectrum condition are in full time employment. And that's wrong. And there's a need to improve that. Um, and let's just focus on the corporate world, the business world, and ultimately all CEOs and executive boards are, are here to ensure revenue generation and, you know, um, margin and EBIT increase for their organisations. So, so with that in the in the forefront of our minds, we need to start with building a business case. And there's an increasing amount of data, um, information, analysis in the workplace today that says through bringing more neurodiverse people into your organisation, um, it obviously enhances diversity. From a resourcing, a talent acquisition perspective, it enhances your employer brand. You know, it, it, it gives a true picture of how you're how you're sort of moving towards creating a culture of inclusion. Um, it, it it's also a TA and HR benefit from hiring what we can definitely agree is desirable employees, people which are statistically are more loyal, have lower absenteeism, they're trustworthy, they're innovative. So you know, there's more chance of client success in that. Um, and as I say, if we're focusing, you know, as I'm going to talk a little bit around this Ignite program on on folks with an autism spectrum, then it's 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 actually about plugging I, the IT talent demand and the supply dy demand dynamic that we have in the UK, you know, with a big issue there with tech and digital and IT talent. Most um, most folks with like autism or Asperger's or ASC, they you know they those that go into um, higher education are computer science graduates. So where we've got a massive skill shortage, we're filling that. So those are some, you know, we look at all of those things together, diversity, employer brand, filling, you know, filling an area where there's high demand and low supply and bringing in desirable engaged employees. You can quite quickly see phase one, put that information together, gather some case studies, whether it's IBM or whether it's the likes of Microsoft, SAP, Y, JP Morgan who have done similar programs gather gather build the business case gather the research and case studies and take it right to the top of the organization to get exec sponsorship and to get budget because i think that's one of the first things that's fundamental in setting up a successful program and making sure you know there's you know there's longevity in that as well so i'll, I'll pause for a, <laughs> i'll pause for a sec i'll tell you all about our program but I, thought that was an important point. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that or yeah no, I absolutely agree. I think uh, it the challenge is you, it can work one of two ways, uh, as I see it and hear it. it. You can get the board or execs excited about it at the top level, but then you fail to implement it properly operationally across the organisation. So uh, top of the organisation excited, hiring manager hasn't got a clue what's happening or doesn't properly understand it, therefore is not dealing with you know, the candidate that's coming through the door that's autistic or has ADHD or whatever, um, they then don't deal with them in the right way. So I, I absolutely agree that um, it needs to happen from the top, but or you need to buy for longevity. But really, there needs to be some structure put in to really support people who, who at the end of the day, most people I speak to want to do the right thing. Yeah, they would. They want to they want to be that good manager, that good person, but they just don't know how to so i think it's being able to support and facilitate um sessions one-on-ones whatever it is to do that they feel empowered 
to be able to make the right decisions and do the right thing by people as well. Yeah, 100%, mate. So, yeah, I mean, let me talk you a little bit through the, the Ignite program. And that shows both how we, I, I guess, source, you know, how we went around the talent attraction strategy, more, more, more in detail around the screening and the selection process and the adjustments that we made for that to set it up for success. Brilliant. And then how we, how we work with the, the business to ultimately increase awareness and ensure ongoing support and success. Um, Great. And then I think we can bring full circle and sort of share with how others can focus on this. But what, whilst theoretically it's quite simple, I think definitely working with organisations, you know, and schemes and programmes like Autism Exchange and reading stuff like the Autism at Work playbook can help businesses as they embark on this journey, um, at least maybe to start a, you know, a pilot and then, they can take it in-house to scale it in future years if they want to. Um, so I guess let, let's start with, we, we, we basically piloted this in, in 2017 in, in, the, in, the, in our US business. Then, in, then last year we uh, did it in our Australian business and now we're scaling it across different markets due to the success of it. And it was really, we, we initially built that business case on the kind of factors that I talked about a minute ago. And then we looked at, Stage one, how do we really evolve the interview and selection process to make to make this work and to make sure that we're bringing the right people into the organization and giving them a great experience and, and not turning them off at day one? So I guess I can just break that down into granular details and talk a little bit about how we did that. So we started off by creating video content um, and, and marketing out through our, through our networks, through, through NGOs, through some vendors that we've worked with through social campaigns and a couple of events that we're running. We marketed out video content explaining who are IBM, what are we doing, what are the different roles like the developers that we're looking for as part of this program. Um, and we started that sort of that process of um, bringing in applications. Once we've got applications, the great majority of them were brought into a one day workshop. So we, we had about 10, 10 folks each in each workshop. So it wasn't in two, in, you know, two larger groups of people. Uh, and, and those workshops involved a mixture of work activities and games at an IBM site. Quite fun, um, quite easygoing and a chance for sort of initial integration, a bit of an understanding into the of the organization and the program and what we're looking to achieve. Um, and then also, the, I guess, the start of the assessment process for us, meeting meeting these folks and seeing, you know, how suitable they might be. So once once we'd done the workshops, we selected uh, a group, a group. So for the Australian program last year, it was 16, uh, 16 folks to bring into a four week training and ultimately assessment program. Uh, so this is where it would differ quite, you know, quite dramatically, I suppose, from your standardized one size fits all recruitment process. So in, in, in that four week period, we, we, we had weekly challenges. We had tasks mimicking workplace tasks. And it was all about ensuring that participants gained a, a good understanding of IBM, what it would be like to work with us uh, and that we were gaining insights into their technical skills and suitability uh, and individual needs of each candidate as well. So I guess what that looked like, I can break that down into in the weeks, like week, week one, it was all about giving an overview of the different roles for the candidates, what they'd applied for. Uh, and we got loads of different IBMers in to talk about their roles. And, and that was actually jumping ahead for a second, part of the integration 
process of the hiring communities, the project managers that would eventually be, you know, leading and 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 um, coaching and mentoring and, and managing these folks. So we get we get loads of IBMers in to explain their roles, and that was sort of that. So that was sort of week one understanding and I guess assimilation into into the business environment. Um, week two was then about practical tasks. So we're obviously looking at this from an I, you know an IT technology perspective. So we did things like we we got we got all the candidates to design and build and then test the web page. Uh, and before we did that, we set up interviews with a mock client. So this would be your customer go and interview them about the web page that they want, and then go away and and, and work in small teams to design, build, and test that. Um, we did testing of an application where we built bugs into that application. And then we'd also done um, a security assessment of applications. So really getting under the surface of the technical skills of these folks and their capability to do that. And that was that was kind of the focus of week two. And we then moved into week three and that was encouraging uh, the, 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 the candidates to look at also a little bit around their presentation and communication skills. So we would give presentations on different technologies. We would ask you know, for some of them to be sort of presented back and shared in a safe environment. And then that culminated in a design thinking exercise uh, where we used um, yeah, design thinking persona methodologies to find solutions and then present back as, as, as a team and across the organization. And then the final week was really about a day in the life work experience. So all of the candidates, the 16 folks, would then go and shadow an IBM or IBMers in different parts of the business so they could see you know, exactly what it was like. So that was that was the four week program. And, and at the end of that, uh, at the end of that completely differentiated recruitment funnel, um, the, the majority of those 16, actually, we offered them and they came into employment in the workplace. So that was if, if we look, if we start with recruitment, that was how we managed like, the recruitment process for the for the Ignite program. Ah, really interesting. So how how were those individuals able to um, give that much time? to that program were they already in work and were they out of work i mean you may not have all that detail but but um did you have any information on um you know where these people came from uh, yeah. and then how they were able to give the time to be able to commit to this yeah to this, absolutely uh, so, so 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 it was a mixture of um graduates and and mostly unemployed folks with some form of uh computer science or IT or technology further or higher education qualifications. Uh, so if we look at, as I said, in, in the in the in the UK, in the US market, only 14% of people with an ASC are in full time employment. In the UK market, that only increases to 16%. So yeah, a, a, actu actually, a lot of this is about employability in the first place. It's not it's not about headhunting or sourcing people you know with an asc from a from a competitor or from another organization this is about getting people who are unemployed in for a four-week i guess if you like assessment training apprentice program and then into full-time employment um and, Brilliant. And, and, and we work with so we did so we work with like some non-government organizations and vendors I, I in in the uk i mentioned there's an organization that I'm, I'm working more closely with called ambitious about autism they've got their autism exchange program that They've got some fantastic success stories with the likes of Santander and other clients they've worked with. And they will come in and build this program for you. And then through their three schools and colleges and education systems, they will actually feed the funnel of their, their graduates to come in and, and, and do this. They've got a goal, for instance, 
around they're, they're building a national employability ecosystem uh, for folks with an autism spectrum condition. And they've got this goal of 10,000 young autistic people being ready for work, um, not just in London and the southeast, but throughout, you know, nationwide throughout the UK, getting them work experience and, and, and career support. So a um, bit of a long winded answer. Yeah, but there's there's NGOs, there's vendors, there's folks out there. And, and then also, also organisations I'd encourage, you know, this needs to be interlocked with the talent acquisition team and, 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 and the broader recruitment marketing opportunity of really building out so a social media strategy and event strategy, linking that with any employee or business resource groups that those businesses have. So the kind of mushroom effect that you can scale through the TA team there as well. So great. So what I'm hearing there is you've got the support um, to also help you understand on how to build and structure the program to make sure it was accessible, right? It was meaningful for those people who were going to attend. Exactly. Um, and, you know, a lot of it, as you can hear from, from that description, it's not it's not rocket science. It's not reinventing the wheel, but you know, having support through, you know, an external organization, a partner, I think it's, it's really, it's really important. And it will, it will make sure we're setting ourselves up for success in, in the first, you know, at least in the first iteration of this. And then as we, as we go forward, maybe we can, you know, in-house that internalize it a bit more. Well, actually it sounds quite rigorous. As you were describing, I was thinking, wow, is it, is it almost too much um, but but actually, no, it's not the case. But, it, you, you know, and I think that's the, the positive aspect of it is to reassure organisations who are thinking about taking this step. Actually, you're not um, you're you still got a very good process to understand somebody's capability. Actually, maybe a better process than you have across the rest of the organisation. And they're going to get a great experience. But ultimately, by your experience, you ended up hiring almost all of those people that attended. I mean, what kind of return on time and investment is that? Well, well, it's fantastic. And then when you look at the benefit that these that these folks bring to the organisation, both in, in terms of creativity and thought, but then also, I guess, the feeling of inclusivity against a broader workplace. So if we talk a bit about setting up for success, and that's really about educating you know, the existing workforce who are maybe more neurotypical um, around what to expect. There's a knock-on effect of kind of, you know, that collegiate, inclusive um, sense. So there's, there's loads of knock-on benefits to that. And, and generally, actually for us, like when we did when we did the metrics of the CPH for this, cost per hire for this versus um, more typical hires, it was, it was cheaper. So you're getting, you know, arguably better business outcomes, uh, more rigor in the process, to your point, Theo. And you're not necessarily having to spend more money overall from from doing it. So, um, yeah, it's it's when you look at it that way. And as I say, go go out and look at there's a, there's something. I think there's a resource. If anyone Google's autism um, autism at work playbook, you can see how in the US the likes of Microsoft, SAP, EY, JP Morgan uh, did very similar programs. And that playbook has got quite detailed information around how they did it, what the outcomes were, how many hires they've made. Um, so there's a real body of information growing out there now to, to sort of take this in. But I can share a little bit around, yeah, so just, just building on that quickly, um, alongside that recruitment process uh, for, you know, for the new hires, it was it was also around awareness training. So for the, for the entire team who would be working with the new hires, we did 
awareness training um, on, 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 on the different autism spectrum conditions to really help the hiring managers understand the new, the new the unique strengths of their new employees and, and to set the environment up uh, to support the, the new hires. So whatever workplace accommodations or working hour accommodations were required um, and critically looking at learning to manage and interact with, with the new hires. So it's things like ensuring clear and concise communications, um, it could be looking looking at breaking down tasks into steps and setting priorities. So the way that the work's fed up and explained is is is, is a bit different. Um, creating different types of work instructions, so ensuring a mixture of verbal and written, um, and, and and making sure there's real clarity on the role requirements and workplace expectations. Providing schedules well in advance, um, and then you know encouraging a, a community of sort of ongoing support and, 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 and awareness. It's not just understanding, it's really then collaboration and communications and, and ongoing conversations. So um, I think, you know, through that, you're setting the program up for success once you, you know, not only through that four week integration, but then through the ongoing, you know, awareness and understanding. And I, I think, you know, to, 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 to a T, every single, a uh, member of the hiring community and more neurotypical workforce that were engaged in it had had an awesome experience, like learning experience and development experience coming out of that as well. Brilliant. How was the training delivered? Uh, was it, did you have somebody come in? Was it technology driven? Did they e-learning? What, what was the process? So do you, so do you mean the, the, the actual four week program itself? No, the What's training it? for hiring oh. managers or how did you... Uh, engage with them apologies yeah yeah yeah. um yeah well a mixture most most of it was in person face to face so like classroom based because because we did we've done this program like on in specific sites in specific markets it's been quite easy to get like a kind of project team together um but so at at a programmatic level it's face to face but then what we've also done is we've taken all of these learnings and built them into one of our internal what we call badges at IBM. So they're like learning certifications, mini certificates. Uh, and we've got one called the Be Equal badge, which is all around the broader, you know, inclusive workplace and, and diversity. And there's a whole stream of that around neurodiversity in the Ignite program. And that's that's been pushed out to, you know, all 350,000 odd IBMers as, as part of, you know, their training and development around inclusion and diversity. So, um, we yeah, and, that, and that's sort of digital video content um, and takeaways from that. So I mean, this is really interesting. I know people are just going to love this uh, story uh, around what you're doing at IBM. Uh, and I have to be honest with you, any time I see anybody from IBM from the talent acquisition team talk, they've always got loads of insight uh, and experience, and they're always willing to share. Um, the data, share, you know, how it's worked, how it's not worked, the learnings from it. So, uh, you know, just thank you, basically, mate. It's a, a real pleasure to have you on. People are going to gobble this content up, I'm sure of it. Oh, uh, mate. I think it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I really hope so. That's really sweet of you, Theo. I think, you know, sharing's caring. And as I say, you know, this is a subject individually, like close to my heart as well. So, you know, we've talked about doing some other stuff together on this topic. So, I'm up for I'm up for whatever you want, and if any of any of your listeners want to reach out to me personally to learn more, just 
um, give me a shout, connect with me. I can link you up with the Autism Exchange folk, Exchange folks at Ambitious About Autism. And yeah, I think if we all get together, the more programs we can build like this in the UK and further afield, the you know the better job, the better job that we're doing um, in getting you know folks with you know new, on the neurodiverse you know spectrum into employment. I think that's awesome. So yeah, thanks so much for having me, mate. Um, and, and I hope it's been I hope it's been a good one. It's been amazing. Absolutely incredible. Love it, mate. And thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Pleasure. See you soon, buddy. Take care. You've been listening to Neurodiversity at Work, available on all good podcast hosts. Please do sign up now, like, share and comment. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you.